Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 24 now. Uh, happy Bean Day, Kobe Day out there. The, the podcast is turning 24 episodes old. Wow, what a weekend of games. I feel like I've said that a couple times, but now I, I'm emphatically meaning it. What a weekend of games. Nothing new to report here on that. You know, everybody was completely shocked with how incredible the divisional round was. Uh, I feel like sometimes during the weeks we're struggling to find stories that we can talk about or or things like that for the podcast or for other sorts of things. This week was chock full of so much drama, intrigue, Sean Payton's retiring, you know, quote unquote, until he goes to Dallas next year. What are your guys' thoughts on this weekend of games and then Sean Payton? Uh, I guess I'll kick us off here. I mean, it's probably the best weekend of football I've seen in a very, very long time as a collective whole. I think we could all agree on that. I mean, it doesn't really get much better than three walk-off field goals and one walk-off touchdown with underdogs winning in almost every game other than the Chiefs game. And, I mean, that Chiefs-Bills game was probably the best game we've seen since Rams-Chiefs. Could you guys argue that Bills-Chiefs is better? I think it's better. It's in the playoffs. It's in the playoffs. The, the trading shots, like, it was just – it was all around amazing. Um, Sean Payton's retirement doesn't really mean much to me. He was – a pretty irrelevant towards the end of his career. Yeah. I mean, I can't do nothing, but agree with Max about the weekend. I can't add anything else. The games were absolutely electric. And uh, for Sean Payton, you know, I think as a, as a businessman in control of his own life, I, I think he made a pretty solid move, honestly, just getting out of there with the lack of weapons and then the salary cap stuff they got to deal with, man. He just, he was like, no, I can't deal with that negative energy at this age. And he dipped. So, you know what he did? A, he said, he said, I made the mess. I'm not cleaning it up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I, I don't know that team. I don't know how much his, you know, leaving matters. They need a quarterback more than anything, honestly. So once that figures itself out, then, then we'll have some real news, I think. Yeah, something uh, something about the games this weekend. Uh, as you know, I'm on Jets Twitter, and there's a Twitter legend and Twitter legend out there, uh, Damian Woody, a great NFL player. He was on those Jets teams, and he, his favorite team is the Jets. Uh, so he always tweets about them, and he said, "I am. I have never been more confident in my life that Zach Wilson is not the answer than I am, than I like am after watching this game today." <laughs> He's like to have to go beat both of those guys to get to the Super Bowl for the next. Yeah. you know 15 years he's yeah. like it is i'm sorry but it's dark days in the afc if you don't have a s-tier quarterback yo even if it's not zach wilson like i mean even if it was like Kirk cousins like no one's competing with those fellas over there like each and every year we're going to be seeing these guys and i heard it on another podcast we just need one of them to switch divisions so we can just have them meet up in the super bowl each and every year be you know, like that Steph Curry and LeBron James kind of going back and forth yeah. a handful of years ago. That was a good time. So, something, uh, another thing I saw too, we'll get into the episode shortly. Another thing I wanted to mention uh, as much as the Clevelanders that tune into the podcast hate Colin Coward, 
he said something that was, that was pretty electric. He said, you know, the first when the pass was created, you know, that was the first evolution of the quarterback being able to throw the ball. And then like the West Coast offense came and all these like dynamite offenses where they started throwing the ball more. That was like the second evolution. We have seen the third evolution of quarterbacks in that game, that divisional round game. That was that was like when humans are going to start putting like like brain chips in, in their heads and like walking around with computer to arms and stuff. They That was like the next step. That was the next evolution of quarterback play out there. All right. Well, look, we have an incredible episode coming up, just debriefing the divisional round and what it really means for your team moving forward uh, in this dynasty landscape. I'm sure the power vacuum has started to uh, turn on in your league with a lot of teams starting to sell, a lot of teams starting to buy. Uh, and what you want to do with your players moving forward, you know, everybody's getting the itch to trade right around now. And it's important to understand the values of your players so you don't feel forced to trade. I know Max knows about that too well. But I don't, uh, I don't force people to trade, Peter. I just when, when people come to me, they can expect to get the best deal possible. Ooh, always. That's <laughs> how that's how you go worst to first. That's definitely how you go worst to first, giving out good deals. Peter, you know, like I like I said, I don't I don't force people to trade. But all I ask is that people come to me with an open mind, and I guarantee they'll walk away happy. I really sounds do. like sounds like some Scientology stuff. It sounds like the Godfather. Sounds like yeah. Godfather speak. Here, I made I him just, a trade. He couldn't refuse. <laughs> just come to me with an open mind. You come to me with an open Max, mind. I'll tell you on any player. This is where Max <laughs> goes. I ensured him that either his brains or his signature would end up on the trade. <laughs> all right. Funny. So we are going to get into the episode, but before we do that, we have a couple uh, PSAs really quick. First and foremost, seriously, shout out uh, all the Dynasty Monarchy listeners on Twitter. We had an incredible showing on the Tyreek Hill signed jersey giveaway. And to be honest, I don't think we even mentioned it on the podcast yet. It, uh, it just came in the mail and then we posted it basically right away. We're giving away a signed Tyreek Hill jersey on Twitter. Uh, shout out everyone at Pristine Auction. Shout out Tyreek Hill. Shout out anybody that has retweeted the post. So to enter, you're going to go to our Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. You have to give it a follow and look for the pin tweet and then retweet that pin tweet to be entered. We're going to be giving it away on Super Bowl Sunday. So if you're that lucky winner, we'll be DMing you on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, asking for your address so we can or a P.O. box or whatever you feel comfortable with providing us so we can send you a 100 percent authentic signed Tyreek Hill jersey. Uh, I almost pooped myself when I opened the box and saw it was him. So <laughs> shout out everyone at Pristine Auction uh, and shout out all the Dynasty Monarchy fans out there that have already entered. Uh, and this is probably a good chance for you to win. You know, we're not a podcast that has tens or twenties or thirties of thousands of followers that are, you know, on that like white on rice. So <laughs> It's a little bit of a smaller podcast for now, but if you're able to enter, I feel like you have a larger percentage chance than uh, most of these giveaways you're going to find on Twitter. So shout out, uh, shout out the giveaway we're doing. And then another one, we have an ad read from our friends at Game Day Liner. Jace, you want to give us the ad read today? For sure, man. Spice up your tailgate this season with the original Turf Truck Bed Liner. Sport your team, company, or custom logo in their handmade vehicle liners. Designed and crafted in the USA. Perfect for tailgates, gyms, home offices, or anywhere you want to rep your favorite logo. Each product is pet, party, and workproof. Visit GameDayLiner.com and use the discount code DYNASTY22, all lowercase, today to score 15% off your custom liner. 
That's code DYNASTY22, all lowercase, at gamedayliner.com to get 15% off your very own turf truck bed liner. Yeah, shout out, shout out the uh, the Game Day Liner crew. They've been really uh, integral with with helping out the podcast so far, spreading the word. Uh, we're helping them; they help us. So, shout out Game Day Liner. Really, really, really incredible products that they have going on. And again, small company feel. You're gonna be able to talk to the guys that make it when you order one. So, shout out them. All right, we are going to move into some alarming, sad, mixed emotions. Some fan bases are probably ecstatic. Some fan bases probably uh, not the happiest at this. But from Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter, it looks like Tom Brady is starting to mull over retirement talks. Gentlemen, he is inevitable on the football field, as we saw this past weekend the bloody Brady game mm-hmm. is inevitable, but time father time is also inevitable. What are we thinking? He, he looked good, man. I mean, I always thought Brady would go out on top. I think he goes on a farewell tour and goes one more year. Yeah. I, uh, I really don't know, man. Like, I feel like the competitor in him, like him recognizing the competitor in in himself says like, you know, I'm going to go get one more. I'm going to give it one more shot. And if he falls short again, he's going to be like, ah, I was close again. I just got to go out on top. So like, I I feel like he recognizes that in in himself. And I feel like his wife probably recognizes that too. And I'm sure that's something they've talked about. So I don't know, man, like at the same time, you know, maybe he's just trying to stir it up like Aaron Rodgers does sometime. And, you know, he's just trying to set himself up afterwards, bring some, you know, more publicity to that TB12 name. And uh, I, I don't know, man, it would just be really sad if he was done. Like he's the goat. And I'm, I feel we said it in a group chat one time, like we're all so fortunate to have grown up in this like era of dominance, um, just complete dominance of the sport. So it'd be, it'd be sad if we lost him. Yeah. And I can even say, I was I was a Tom hater my whole life. He ruined my childhood as a New York Jets fan. The the happiest day as an NFL fan was beating the Patriots in the divisional round in Foxborough as a Jet fan uh, growing up. I think it was 2010. Um, it, it was it was great to to watch him lose uh, in that game, and then just we hated him and hate him and hate him. And then I started to get more empathetic as I watched the greatness and that's, that's the sign of an incredible athlete where it's like kind of like LeBron where everybody hates him and hates him and hates him and hates him. But when he's on the top, you just, all you can do is stare and just admire how incredible he is. No matter all the hate, no matter all the adversity they had to go through, just incredible. I have no idea what's up with the future with him. Uh, But whatever it is, I feel like he could go out there and lead the league in passing again next year, even if he does decide to call it quits. Absolutely. When you, you mentioned like, like LeBron, I mean, for me personally, it's like Steph Curry. I mean, I obviously being a Cleveland Cavs fan, like did not like Steph Curry. He tortured us for four or five years, whatever it was, but like just watching him play now and like the things that he's doing with golden state before clay came back is really honestly, truly impressive. And I have a definitely a respect for Steph Curry now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much more I have to add. Like I, I just would be, so sad. I used to not be a huge fan of his. I was a big Peyton Manning fan. So, you know, uh, 
I saw them match up against each other quite a bit. And, you know, I had some disdain for him, but I don't know. He's just such a cool person the way he is on social media. Like just the fact that he's going to be going into his age 45 season next year and he's considering playing, going after another Super Bowl, essentially. It's just like, is that even a sentence? You know, like he's the only guy that'll, you know, do that in our lifetime. Yeah, you know, we're not going to mull over Tom Brady. Uh, This podcast is a a fantasy football podcast, and his value has been relatively in the dumps in Dynasty for a little bit now. And this is going to help segue us. Today in our episode, we're going to be talking about a lot of different trade targets and and what the divisional round told us about some players' trade values moving forward. Would any of you be interested in trading, let's say – a 2024. So this is, you know, anybody that's playing dynasty right now, that's their furthest pick a 2024 second round pick for Tom Brady right now, or even a third round pick to try to go get an elite quarterback. If he comes back. Yeah. Or actually trading now to see, you know, take the shot. In a super flex league. You could say super flex. Yeah. I wouldn't do it in a one quarterback league. Yeah. I would do it in a super flex league. If you're locked in, like ready to go, and all you need I'm, is that extra quarterback, I would definitely do it in the super flex league. Um, the pick being that far away in second or third round, they're, they're coin flips, anyways. And I feel like probably, especially in super flex, um, trying to draft quarterbacks. So, um, even in a one quarterback league, if I don't have a you know rock solid, you know, quarterback one, maybe you're doing a little bit of streaming or you have a rock solid quarterback one, but not a solid backup. Shoot, I, like a 24 second or third, like, I don't know. I just don't value those picks very high because I feel like they're super easy to get back as sprinkles on tops and in other trades. So I, I would definitely do one quarterback or super flex because I, I think he's going to come back. I, I just, I think he's too much of a competitor to get that close and he knows all the pieces could pretty much be back. So. All right. We are going to do our in-depth analysis of the, the, players from this past weekend's games uh, as well as some headlines uh, coming in to today, including the Sean Payton news. We'll save that for a little bit later, but you know, perfect segue. We were talking about Tom Brady. We'll talk about some of these bucks weapons that are guaranteed to be there next year. So there's only one player fantasy wise that I feel like is more dependent. I, you know, Leonard Fournette's going to go and run the run the ball. It doesn't really matter who's at quarterback for him, but so we're going to be looking at Mike Evans here. Uh, Chris Godwin's not on contract. He could walk out the door, especially with the torn ACL, but Mike Evans, Mr. 1K himself, how do we feel about him moving into this offseason? Uh, actually, Nick C., I know you've been trying to shop him if you want to talk about your thought process behind this. Yeah, I was basically – so I own him in a super flex league. Uh, I'm coming off the the chip uh, slight flex. Hey. Um, definitely, I, I heard that Tom Brady news and it definitely crushed me. Um, I actually hit up Peter, and I know it's probably the wrong guy to hit up because one of the most tapped in guys to fantasy football you can get. And uh, I could not foist Mike Evans over to Peter. Um, I definitely trying to move off of him. I I think Brady's going to retire, so I think it. I mean, even though Mike Evans is locked and loaded 1K, I mean, if I could get 
a different piece, different veteran wide receiver piece uh, for Evans and maybe a little bit on top. I'm probably looking to do that. Would you take Kenny G? Definitely. Shut up. Don't get me upset. You're getting me upset now. I never want to. I never want to hear his name mentioned on this podcast again. I don't care who's. I don't care if Aaron Rodgers is quarterbacking them. I don't want to hear his name mentioned on this podcast ever again. Just wait. Kenny G will be relevant next year. I guarantee that. Okay, let's place a bet. Let's place a bet. Okay. Kenny G is a top thirty. Thirty-four. We'll settle there. Thirty-four. Nixie, write this down. I'm writing it down. What do you want? What do you want? Are this PPR standard or half point, Peter? We will go half point, as as all bets should be. I'll pay for your flight to fly out to Arizona to visit Jace. Yeah. And if he doesn't, you pay for my flight to go visit Jace. Oh, this is a great bet for me. Yeah, Jace is the winner. Jace is the clear winner. I was thinking more five to ten dollars. I mean, I'm not, I don't really think I. <laughs> You are definitely the advantage of uh, betting on Kenny G, who's finished in the that range once out of four years, and you wanted me to spend four hundred dollars on a flight. How about this? We do an embarrassing one. Okay. Waffle, Waffle House. House. <laughs> no. Waffle House. I'll do. Um... We'll do a twelve-hour Waffle House. Oh. Okay, fine. A twelve-hour Waffle House. A twelve-hour Waffle House. Okay, that it's settled for any of our listeners out there. Oh man. And that, that's a virtual shake. That's a lock. So for any of our listeners out there, essentially the Waffle House bet is you have to go sit inside of a Waffle House for 24 hours. So the second you sit at your table, the timer starts. Every pancake or waffle you eat, the timer goes down by one hour. Uh, but for this one, instead of a 24 hour, we're going to be doing 12. Wow. So basically, if you can polish off 11 pancakes in an hour, you're done. You're just Fair down enough. 30 bucks. You're just down $30. That's fact. There's a little light and playful bet that we got, and we'll keep track of that throughout the season. We'll see who's going to start sweating a little bit more down the stretch next year. <laughs> Don't be sweating when Kenny G gets a quarterback this offseason. Oh, Russ is going to go there, and he's going to finish 35th. All right, so our bet is guaranteed now. There's, uh, there's no one that can nullify it, not even the Pope. So – Let's keep moving forward. We have our Mike Ev discussion. We sprinkled in Kenny G for all of your enjoyment out there. Uh, moving on to their opponents. Uh, their opponents were the LA Rams. Now, how are we feeling about all their assets moving forward in the next year? A lot of them look great. I don't feel like there's any anything that we need to talk about right at this moment. I'd sell Odell if I could right now. Ooh. You own and that's it. coming from the Odell lover. I have a confession to make. Oh, okay. this is good. We talked about this. I think we talked about this uh, during the weekend. I want to apologize to all the listeners out there. My Odell hatred put a blindfold over my eyes to the opportunity. Mm. I've always been a big believer in players' opportunity, and you always bet with the opportunity. And I allowed my hatred for Odell to blind me to the fact that he was going to be in probably a top five offense. So I would like to apologize to Odell and to our listeners and the most over to you, Max. I'm very sorry. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. I'll tell Odell right now. As a bad radio, but Max is pointing to his signed framed Odell Beckham 
uh, New York Giants jersey. <laughs> I would try to sell Odell this offseason. I don't think they re-sign him. I don't think they have the money to re-sign him. Um, he was brought there on a one-year, basically $0 deal. Um, Actually, $37,000 deal with how his Bitcoin is doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got he got paid in Bitcoin. That's right. But um, I, I would sell Odell if I could get two seconds, I'd do it. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot up in the air. Like, <clears throat> the Rams landing spot was nice for sure. But, like, I don't know. I wasn't that excited either because Robert Woods was, a you know – just an awesome option while he was on the field for a long time, a handful of years. And then all of a sudden, like Matt Stafford came over and Cooper Cub just started dominating the target share. And Bobby Woods breakfast was club. like, yo, breakfast club. Absolutely. And Bobby Woods was just like really struggling to find his way out of a role that was more than just a chain mover. Like we really saw him kind of drop in uh, from a relevant standpoint. So I wasn't that excited for Odell, but I think he has come out and proven like he's still got some juice. He's still got talent, but I don't know if he's going to be a free agent again. He's going to be switching teams again. Got to learn a whole new offense. There's a lot of uncertainty. And, you know, after that rookie season, the track record, you know, really hasn't been that sensational. This is a very small sample size and he might not even be in, you know, on the same team that could provide a similar sample size. So I don't know. I just, Odell, not very interested. I would sell. I would take the seconds as well. Um, Bobby Woods is probably dirt cheap if you're, you know, a competitor. I do think he's That's useful, although, although, you know, we I just kind of dumped on him a little bit, saying he wasn't relevant. I do still think he's an important piece to their offense. Like, we've seen Odell and the effect he's had. That's why they're still in this. Um, I think, you know, another year in scheming, I think he's he'll, he'll be worth – you know, some kind of draft capital, um, you know, maybe second rounders as well. So um, he's just been a really, really solid producer for most of his career. So he's, if you're a contender, I would probably go f- send out some feelers for him. So I agree. Bobby Woods, Bobby Wood is Bobby Woods has burned me a lot in my past too. So this is, this is big for me to say that they, Sean McVay, specifically said in those press conferences right before he tore his uh, his ACL in practice mind you mm-hmm. that we need to get Robert Woods the ball you know we've been neglecting him too much and then bang mm-hmm. yeah no he had that one game I remember he came out and was like where you're gonna get Bobby the ball and then he had like 13 or 16 targets I don't remember the exact total but it was over double digits and he just went crazy in that game so yeah, I don't know. He's just been such an important piece to their offense that, you know, even if he starts, he's a little less consistent than he used to be. He's still going to have his games for sure. And as you get throughout the season, like we just went through one, so it's easy to remember now. I mean, not only are there injuries, but there's bad matchups during the week. Like, you know, you get a wide receiver that gets locked on to Darius Slay, you're probably going to fade that guy. You need someone to fill in. Like, I, I think he'll end up being useful and the ACL is tough, but you know, we've talked about it on this pod before dudes can recover yeah. from that nowadays. Well, really quick. They got Frankenstein's monsters over there. They got some kind of crazy medicine out in LA with Cam Akers coming back like that. So maybe Robert Woods will make the Super Bowl if they win. Who knows? You know, true that. <laughs> That'd be pretty insane if he did that. Honestly, I'm selling Cam Akers too. I'd sell Cooper cup like Cam Butterfingers Akers. 
Damn, Butterfinger Stakers wants to, wants to throw the game away. I think Cooper Cup. <laughs> he had he had Bucks money line. Yeah, he did for sure. He had yeah. <laughs> he, he got in it like when the Bucks were down twenty seven three. He's like, so oh, did I. <laughs> did you you almost won too? Um, I, I would sell. I think you can get an arm, a leg, and another arm, and then another leg for Cooper Cup right now. His value is not going to get any higher this higher than this. I don't see him repeating. He's had an injury history in the past. I, I just it's not worth the risk to me. This is the biggest sell now window on Cooper Cup. If I was an owner, it's it, his value is not going to get higher than this. He cannot, you know. I won't. I won't say that. The statistical likelihood of him having another season like he had this past year and having the right amount of injuries going in his favor with Robert Woods going down. And then there's going to be another year of tape on him with Stafford. I feel like his value is way too high right now. I would be selling, but I would also buy if the owner is you know low, but I doubt any owner is going to be low on him right now. I mean, I think if you're a competitor, you got to hold him unless you're just giving something, you're just getting an offer that's absolutely overwhelming. And I mean, Sometimes, you know, people slide all their chips in for a guy like that, and you got to just take the depth and the assets. But I don't know. I I have him over Devontae Adams for sure going into next year. I mean, especially with the uncertainty. Like, if Devontae leaves, his situation's definitely not getting better. Rogers I mean, is coming back. Rogers I mean, is not we'll talk back. about that. We'll talk about that. There's he had his Pat McAfee interview. He's going to come back. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just. Cooper Cup situation is not changing by any means. And uh, the connection they have is not going to go away. Like it's a, uh, I don't know, man, I, I'm still super high on Cooper Cup. So if I'm, if I have him on a rebuilder for whatever reason, 100%, go get all your body parts for him because you can definitely get it. But um, if I'm a competitor, I'm hundred percent holding him. We play a game. Sure. Sure. Cooper Cup or Jalen Waddle. Cup. Cup. Cooper Cup or Najee Harris? Cooper Cup. Got to be Cup. Peter? Pass. Even. Even value. You can't pass, Peter. Even value. Peter, that's like an NFL game ending in a tie. Just pick one. If I had to pick one, I'll pick the proven talent wide receiver who's done it for multiple seasons, but I think they have the same exact value in Dynasty. Cooper Cup or Jamar Chase? Chase. Chase. I'm, I'm glad we're up. Uh, Cooper Cup or T. Higgins and a first? What year is hey, the first? Well, yeah, what year? 23. 23. Uh, what, what, what kind of first? Is it mid-pack, top, or bottom? Mid to top. Mid to so top. Oh, give, me the, give me T in the first. Oh, yeah. oh, I see the pain in Jace's face. It's uh, that one's extremely context dependent. If I'm a rebuilder, that's a pretty good price to get for him. I, yeah, if I'm a rebuilder, you could probably convince me with T in the 21st, maybe. Give, give me all the give me all the lottery picks to go get uh, the lottery chances to go get Bijan Robinson next year. Yeah, I I think definitely uh, ends in the first just because. And and I was saying on the uh, the other episode, like not super high on Higgins, but 
Peter sold me on the Bijan Robinson tickets. Yeah. Um, all right. My last one here. We'll do Cooper Cup or Amari Cooper and Terry McLaurin. <laughs> These are all guys off my Mike Rabel squad. <laughs> this is why. So for anybody out there listening, this is how Max plants the seed. He forces Jace into giving an honest answer so that he can then yeah. Yeah. sell him on that answer. <laughs> not He's the fantasy you. godfather, man. He's just he really is. Fine, I'll redo it. I, I'll do no. Give me no, 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 no. Give me give Cooper me. Cup in that sneer, one hundred percent. Over both of them, dude. He was the best yeah. player in fantasy this year, like by such a long shot. Like situations not changing. I mean, one hundred percent. Like. I, I would take him played... over Tyreek Hill next year. Ooh, I wouldn't. I consistency. Would <laughs> consistency was, I mean, I'm telling you. He was great this year. He just won't do it again. All right. So we have talked long and hard enough about this Tampa Bucks matchup. By the way, two seconds. This could have been like a top five game of all time. Uh, if it stood and Brady ended up winning the game. But it's sad; it'll be forgotten. The bloody Brady game will will go down in history as a as a sad ending to uh, potentially the goat's career. So, uh, we are going to move into our next matchup. We'll start from the top. Now we'll go Bengals Titans. Bengals were at the Titans. How are we feeling about all of those Tennessee weapons? I feel like Julio Jones is self explanatory. He's kind of wiener. Uh, <laughs> And then A.J. Brown is incredible. But the two ones we really got to talk about is Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. I'm, a, I'm actually going to go first here. Um, I'm going to talk on A.J. Brown. And mm. I think that if you own A.J. Brown, I think you can get an arm and a leg right now just based on his age, based on what he could do. I, I, I think A.J. Brown is a terrific wide receiver. I don't want anyone to take oh, that no. out. Yeah, this is where it's going. This is this is like the breakup when when she says, "It's not you," and I want you to know that. Oh, <laughs> Max, you can't yeah. start going on AJP like this. It's 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 he's not it, man. You could quote tweet it. You could do whatever you want, man. AJ Brown is not worth the price that you have to pay to get him. I think that if you have him, there's going to be owners like Jace who are willing to pay arms, legs, and other body parts to get him. A.J. Brown is – he did great this past weekend. Yes, he did. But when you have to rely on Ryan Tannehill to perform week in and week out, I can't do that. I can't invest that much capital in a guy whose quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. That's Ryan right Tannehill is not going anywhere either. He's on contract. They okay. owe him big money. Is that, is that fair to say? What? Chase, the rebuttal. I, I think A.J. Brown is a top three, top four dynasty wide receiver. Is he a top I mean, three, top four dynasty asset? Um, Factoring in running backs and stuff, I, I don't know how that would all shake out. Maybe, what maybe not. Doing? There's Probably not. But, dude, I mean, when he gets on the field, we see what he does. He's a yards after the catch monster. I mean, he's done just fine with Tannehill. Like, points per game-wise, he is just absolutely amazing. He's, what, 23 years old? 24. Just, I, yeah, 24. I mean, whatever. I mean, six years till 30. This dude, he's a freak six in nature, man. Six years till 30. 
I mean, Derrick Henry, I mean, that's usually just the cutoff for everybody that we've been kind of, that's, that's been it for everybody. For receivers. Like. Yeah. And, um, but I don't know, Derrick Henry's going to, he's another guy, like, I don't know if I have Henry and dynasty, I'm, I'm selling, I'm trying to get off of that train 100% um, because I feel like his value just spiked once he came back a little bit in the playoffs. So I'd be trying to capitalize on him. I just heard a, a mock draft where he was the number two overall pick in a half PPR league. In Dynasty? Think, no, it was a redraft. But okay, even next year, say. I still think that's ludicrous. Um, I, I, I don't know, Chase, man. Like, the only thing I will say, we've been saying that for the last three years. Yeah, I mean. And then he did it again. I don't know. This is a 28-year-old running back, and this was the conversation we had last year, and then he didn't return value because he missed pretty much the whole season. They came back for the playoffs, and everyone's like back on the King Henry rah-rah. I, I mean, we – I feel like we were more scared of him last year than this year after he just missed a whole season with injury. So I agree with that. I, I agree I, with that as well. So I don't know. I think his, I think people are super overvaluing him in dynasty right now. And I would go get an arm and a leg for him right now, for sure. I feel like the thing with Henry that we we've been talking about, okay, like the injury cliff's going to fall, like blah, 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 blah. I agree. But the injury he got was like freak stuff. It wasn't soft. It was like he got hit wrong on yeah. his foot. So that's my only like holding out hope for Henry on next year is that it wasn't like his ACL went or it wasn't that, okay, he tore his Achilles and he's 28 or it wasn't like he has like muscular dystrophy and he's just like, like wearing hard like Zeke. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I just don't think his efficiencies gonna climb by any means i think his best bet is for it to maybe stay the same like i I just don't know like especially in leagues where you get points for catching the ball i mean we saw it a little bit at the beginning of the season but he's mostly like a screen and then he's got to get a lot of yards after it he's not getting anything above three targets a game and i i don't know i just feel like 20 the the formula is right there like we had a 2000 yard rusher all those guys like cease to exist shortly after that and then he's a 28-year-old running back, and we talk about, you know, certain running backs that are 26 years old that we're scared of. Like, I just – I don't know. I, I'm just freaked out by him for sure. All right. Enough talk about the king. We have pros. We have cons. It's likely somewhere in the middle for now. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about Tannehill. Superflex leagues. Are you looking to buy on the three-pick dip, or are you looking to sell? I'm looking to sell. I just I don't believe in Ryan Tannehill moving forward. It, it's really that game. I I don't even like count that game. I don't even like look at that game. It's just when I watch Ryan Tannehill play all throughout the year, I get he didn't have AJ Brown for a time. I get he didn't have Julio. I get he didn't have Derrick Henry, and he was doing the best he could, and he still finished as a one seed. I think that's more of a testament to Mike Rabel and his coaching and the defense than it is to Ryan Tannehill. I wouldn't start Tannehill as my QB one. I'd probably rather have Tannehill over a lot of quarterbacks for my QB two in a super flex league, but I'm still not loving it. Yeah, I um I don't know. He's always just been I mean, when he was on that streak where he was like a top three quarterback a few years ago, like and people were comparing his numbers to Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if you guys remember that, but that I was remember like that wave. A real conversation that was happening. But uh, I don't know. He He's always just been – like when that was happening, he was just so hyper-efficient. 
like talk about regression. We knew regression was coming for him eventually, uh, eventually. And it's mostly because he's a play action passer and like him being able to effectively pass hinges on the run game working effectively. Um, he is not a great pocket passer by any means, but um, he finished as a top 12 quarterback. He had, I, you know, absolutely no ceiling whatsoever. Um, shooting four point per passing touchdown leagues. I don't even know how many times he eclipsed like 20 or 22 points, like absolutely no ceiling games, but in super flex, like you said, Peter, he's not going anywhere. I would buy him just for depth. Absolutely. Like, you know, you might find yourself in a pinch later in the season and he's a fine person to throw in there. He's most likely not going to burn you most weeks. Um, but in one quarterback league, I don't know. He's just a straight up streamer. And even at that, just by the lack, I mean, maybe the lack of ceiling is correlated to no Julio, no AJ Brown, but I mean, I don't know. He's, he's not Aaron Rodgers, and you know, he, he's not, I don't know. He just can't make something out of nothing. And he's got a lot of nothing other than AJ Brown in the receiving game. So I'm not at all excited about him in one quarterback league and he's nothing but a depth piece and a low end streamer. All right. On the flip side, we're going to look at the Bengals, the Bengals. Uh, I think we all, and everybody in the dynasty community at this point understands how great Jamar Chase is. We've talked ad nauseum about T Higgins on this, uh, on this particular podcast. So everybody out there knows that we really value T Higgins highly. Joe Burrow is a top five dynasty quarterback asset uh, for me right now. And I feel like for a lot of people, he's, he's the future. He's the truth. Um, but somebody I did want to bring to our attention here, moving forward in dynasty, we always know the tight end position is very, very, very hard to uh, pinpoint top-tier talent. I'm not saying C.J. Uzama is top-tier talent, but being linked to Burrow, how are you feeling about him? Is he more of a Robert Tunyon, or can he be more like Travis Kelsey moving forward? Well, there's only one Travis Kelsey. I mean, I, I don't think we'll see anything like Travis Kelsey for a very long time. Um, but I think, I think Robert Tunyon's a really good example of him, honestly. I think he came up, came on at the beginning of the year, relies a lot on touchdowns. He has like these big plays and stuff like that, but it really does rely on Joe Burrow. And there's just so many mouths to feed in that offense between Chase, T Higgins, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd. I'm not banking on Uzama moving forward, but I think he's a fine streaming option for tight end if you need it. Yeah. He's just, honestly, my comparison, just like, not by any means in metrics or anything like that, but, but just style of play. He kind of reminds me of like a poor man's Mike Gusecki. Like he relies on a lot of big burst plays in that offense and volume is definitely not his thing. And it's not the case for most tight ends, honestly. So not banging on him by any means, but I don't know. The, the offense is really exciting. If there's any kind of name value or brand value because of that, like, I think he's relatively worthless other than like a home run throw into the lineup, like just on the hope, you know, Burrow goes crazy and he ends up with a long bomb touchdown. But from a consistency side, I don't think he's ever really going to give it to you. So I don't know, like I'm trying to say sell, but like, I don't know who that you're going to sell Uzama to or what you would even get. So I feel like I he's know. a hold. I feel like in some leagues he might be on the waivers. Just pick him up because you never know with that offense. You know, if one person goes down, he might become the the number two or three target. Oh, yeah, he's definitely a hold. 
maybe a buy for a third. Nixie, what, what were you going to say? So one thing, yeah, I was going to bring up. So Uzama's actually a free agent going into 2022. So I don't mm. – that probably changes your guys' outlook on him, being that he's not, like, currently tied to Burrow, like, going forward. So mm. he, it, he is Mr. Cincinnati, though. He, he lived the Marvin Lewis years, though. That's that is something I will say. <laughs> so I feel like he's gonna he's he'll probably end up re-signing, knowing nothing about uh the heartbeat of Cincinnati and, and what the Twitter sphere is looking like on that Bengals Twitter. I doubt they're talking about re-signing him, but they're talking about the game they got this weekend. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, I uh I don't know, even if he is a free agent, like then I really don't have much interest just because like the tie to Burrow is the only enticing thing to me. So if he's going anywhere else, like I could see him being on waiver wires for maybe the rest of his career. So I, I don't know. I'm not very excited. If he ends up in Cincinnati, though, like Peter said, he's probably he's worth a flyer, probably hey, more than a third. You know what they say? It's a dart throw. 100 percent. All right. And, you know, somebody who was a dart throw earlier in the year was uh, Huntley, you know, and he ended up producing like crazy. So 100%, dart yeah. throw on waivers. Why not just take the chance? We got the empty roster spot for sure. All right. We are going to move into the next game. Green Bay Packers 49ers at the Packers. Dear Lord, what did we watch? Um, let's start. Let's start with the loser. Let's start with Green Bay. Superflex leagues. What are you doing with Rodgers? I don't know what Rodgers went on the McAfee show and said, though. He basically went on the McAfee show and doubled down on the fact that he does not want to rebuild. Okay. Now, given a – I feel like I'm more the cap expert on uh, on the pod, something I, I look at a lot on Twitter and, and look at a lot on a lot of different pro football references. The Packers are going to be over the cap. They, they basically sold the farm this year to – put the team in a position to win there's going to be some cap casualties and i doubt it's anything on offense so they're probably gonna to have to get rid of zadarius smith on that d line uh i feel like they're gonna to have to get rid of another defensive player to make it work because they're gonna to have to sign Devonte. i mm-hmm. doubt they let Devonte walk if Devonte leaves then rogers is done there is no yeah. ifs ands or buts about that um I know that Rogers said Brian Kudukus, uh, the general manager and him are scheduled to have a conversation and Rogers seemed very polite on the Pat McAfee show. He's like, you know, me and Brian, we've had such a good relationship this year coming into the off season. I feel like we're really seeing eye to eye, but I just want Brian to know that I'm not here to rebuild. So if he wants to rebuild, it's going to be my last game in green Bay. That's that, that's basically what he said. It's, it's tough. You know, I love mystery boxes, so I'm willing to take the risk on wherever Rodgers goes. And even if he retires, I'm willing to take that risk. He's playing at an MVP level right now. So wherever he goes, he's going to be an asset. He's going to be a great quarterback. Like, yes, he has Devontae Adams in Green Bay. But imagine if he went to, like, I don't know, just say Tampa, and he had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and all them. And, like, he can do so much more with better options, too. So I think he's uh, definitely a flyer. Not a flyer, but go out and get Aaron Rodgers. If what are you paying? What's your game. what's your low ball offer, and what's your ceiling offer for Rodgers? In a super flex? Yes. I feel like I feel like there's so many good young quarterbacks that 
you really don't need to go out and press for him in a single quarterback league. I'd probably throw as a low ball. I'd probably throw a second and like Matt Ryan. And as my highest offer, I'd probably throw like a first and Matt Ryan. Jace. Mm, Like I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of a low ball one, like maybe some kind of position player. Um, in a super flex where like it's a younger like Dallas Amar, like like Amari Cooper. Like Amari Cooper, if you could throw him over for Aaron Rodgers in a super flex, like there's a good amount of excitement around Amari, knowing he might be a free agent and end up somewhere else, but that could go very, very wrong at the same time. So like I don't know, he's a bit of a mystery box. Rodgers is a mystery box. Um, and I feel like if the mystery box turns out well for Aaron Rodgers, it'll be more impactful in a super flex, um, obviously, um, rather than a, a wide receiver like Amari Cooper. So I don't know. I'd probably throw like a position player like that um, that's got a decent amount of buzz, but doesn't really have a whole lot of upside, honestly. Um, yeah, high ball, I think I would just be willing to throw a 24 first. Um, maybe eh, I take that back. I take that back. I would put some more on top. Um, you know, I, I could probably do like it's, it would have to be later draft capital. I'm not going to trade like 23 first or anything like that. I, I'll take five first or on deck, 25 first or on deck, gentlemen. Those are worthless. I'm just saying they're on deck. They're coming up. Yeah. I mean, it would have to be, I would try to keep it as far away as possible so I could try to recoup it. Um, you know, before that draft comes around. All right, Aaron Jones, let's take a look at Jones. I feel like we all know how we value Devontae. No matter where he is, he's going to at least be a top 16 guy, even in the, like if he played for the Jets, he would be a top 16 guy, just his skill set. Um, so he, he's always worth whatever capital you're going to throw for him. But mm-hmm. let's talk about Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, how are we feeling about Aaron Jones after the loss? He's another guy that might become a cap casualty um, with his contract that he recently signed. I'll let Jace start because I know Jace is a big uh, Aaron Jones truther. Yeah, I still – I really like Aaron Jones. Like, I don't know if we're, like, not freaked out about Derrick Henry. Like, I feel like we shouldn't really be freaked out that much about Aaron Jones. Like, um, you know, if he stays in the LaFleur offense, every year lafleur has been – um, a head coach, the running back has been the second most targeted player on the field. Um, he just finished Aaron Jones that is finished second in targets again this season. I just That's think, with splitting work. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Dylan, he showed that he can be a pretty good pass catcher. He caught more balls this year than he did his whole career at Boston college. I think so. Um, I don't know. Like if he goes somewhere else, that's super exciting. Like he's, a super exciting running back. I don't think he's lost a step at all. Even after that MCL, his yards per carry was still fine. Um, great pass catcher. I, I just, I don't know. I feel like he's just really talented and he's going to find his way to production, whether he's in green Bay and it's Jordan love. Like I think in that system, he's built to succeed and, you know, it might not be the top 10 guy he used to be, but I definitely still think he's a top 15 guy. Um, just the body of work he's put up over the last three years is, I mean, you can't ignore it, and um, he's built a name for himself in Green Bay and throughout the league, so 
I think he's going to find himself in a fine fantasy position, just maybe not as high as it used to be. Yeah, I mean, he definitely adds a lot of value in the pass catching work. I mean, in the playoffs, he was catching. He should have scored on that one play, too, in the playoffs. That's fact. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what he was doing cutting in or whatever he did. But <laughs> the only thing that worries me for him, like Jace said, is like if Rodgers leaves and he's just stuck in this Jordan Love rebuild and it's just, it's just not going to go well. Like he already got paid. He has nothing to like work for and essentially like AJ Dillon and him splitting touches a rebuild they're not going to be winning much games many games I just I don't see it going well for him that way if Rodgers stays though like he's a top five running back for me honestly next year if Rodgers stays thank you that feels good to say that you would say that, but I also have to say big exhale Jace big exhale that was a big exhale for sure I thought I was going to have to like you know, stay on my ground like I did earlier for Cooper Cup. And the the when you were talking about Aaron Jones, if Rodgers leave, you know, he'll be on a bad team, splitting a little bit of work. If Rodgers is gone, Devontae's definitely gone. This kind of sounds a lot like the Detroit Lions and DeAndre Swift. I mean, he's splitting work with Jamal Williams all season. He's the pass catching back on a bad team that's going to be down with a bad quarterback. And people are enamored with him. So I mean, he's just a really, really solid pass catching running back that, I mean, in fantasy, that's as valuable as it gets, you know, like I'm infatuated with wide receivers, but pass catching running backs are the cream of the crop. Most important things in fantasy, your CMCs and um, your Austin Eckler this season, Camara, these are all, you know, that's what you want. And I think, I don't know. I feel like there's a sizable dip for him right now that if I didn't already have him everywhere, I would be buying it right now. 100%. Especially the fact that Rodgers comes back, like he can easily go out and win you a championship. Like he's a very, very good mm-hmm. player. And, and, and remember, uh, big Warren Buffett uh, quote guy over here. Okay. He says, "When people are fearful, be greedy. When people are greedy, be fearful." And mm-hmm. and that's his whole like thing on the market. And you can relate that to fantasy football. When people are fearful of Aaron Jones, I'm not going to say to go gobble that man up because. I'd have to uh, pause for a second, but go go inquire and go go grab that guy because yeah. that's the best time. It, it never buy at the top, never buy at the top. And that's my yeah. issue with Cooper Cup. That is my issue with Cooper Cup, Jace. That's the only thing. Oh yeah, I'm not saying go buy Cooper Cup. You're not, definitely don't spend half your roster doing it. I mean, I'm in a league where I've been debating on you know selling him a little bit. So in that league, sure, go send me an arm and a leg. But you know. <laughs> Anywhere else, I'm not doing that by any means, um, and I'm not recommending that by any means to anyone. But um, um, Aaron Jones, at the end of the day, he's going to be a starting running back in the league, and he's been a proven top 10 talent year after year. So even with a little regression, a worse scenario, like I think abilities going to shine through on the fantasy stat sheet, and it might not be what it was, but I mean, he I feel like he is just so dirt cheap in some people's eyes, like he's just dead. And um, he will return value on your fantasy team. Is this um, a promise? Yeah, absolutely. This is a promise for steal of easily... approval. Your royal, your royal seal is going to be put on this that Aaron Jones will return. If promise you trade next, for him, uh, if you will return value, if you trade and buy low right now, and you could avoid like first round draft capital or any. Say you have Mike Evans. If you have Mike Evans right now, and you're good at wide receiver. And you could send Mike Evans for Aaron Jones right now. Aaron Jones will return value on that. Take that to the bank. Seal of approval. 
in in wax. That's right. Okay. Love right. it. All right. I feel like we've we've discussed everything. And remember, something to keep an eye on in the Green Bay situation, if you want to be a mindful uh, dynasty owner, is looking at that cap because the cap will become final within the next couple of days on you know, who they're going to cut, what's going to go on. Uh, and that's definitely going to determine where Rogers goes. So follow the breadcrumbs, follow the trails to, to see, you know, if you can find out if Rogers is going to leave like three days early due to the mm-hmm. cap situation, go sell them or X, Y, Z, any of these players. Um, moving on flip side of the ball, you know, for all the heartbreak that, uh, that green Bay had elation on the other sidelines for San Francisco, uh, one Jimmy Garoppolo saying, uh, go have fun, Packers. Uh, I won't say what he actually said. But uh, go have some fun, Packers. What are we feeling? I feel like we talk about Elijah Mitchell a lot, so I'll, I'll stray away. Somebody that we haven't talked about in probably maybe even 10 episodes, Brandon Ayuk. How are we feeling about Ayuk moving forward? Are we waiting for another couple playoff games to buy in? Or do you want to buy in now? Are we selling? And then beyond that, we're probably going to talk a little Trey Lance talk because when you look at the range of outcomes, the Niners are right there to win the Super Bowl. And if they win the Super Bowl, Jimmy is going nowhere. <laughs> Maybe, dude. Shanny is cutthroat. He I would not surprise me one bit if he won the soupy and then uh, a couple weeks later, Jimmy G gets the cut. Like, Shanahan is relentless, man. Um, but by no means would I predict that, but, um, yeah, with Ayuk, I think he's a super long-term hold wait and see, like, I'm not doing anything with him. I mean, if someone's like completely out on him long-term, I'll buy him for a decent price. If you could shuffle off two seconds and a couple thirds or something like that, like I would definitely, I would, I would throw a, I would roll the die with him and but I don't know. I just think there's a lot that needs to be seen. If it's going to be Trey Lance, I really worry about the passing pie in that offense. Um, especially earlier on in Trey Lance's career, we've kind of, you know, I use Lamar as the example because I think they're, I mean, other than Josh Allen, I feel like his run style is different than the two Lamar and Lance run very similarly. And uh, we saw Lamar take the jump passing wise, you know, this past season. So maybe that's in store for Lance, but I don't project, you know, him throwing the ball a ton as soon as he gets a hold of it. And if it's Jimmy G, we've seen what he is. And like, he's somewhat usable, but not really like he's more so a flex than a wide receiver too. So I don't know, selling him, you probably won't get good value back. And I don't know, he's probably worth a buy low, but just watch what you're sending. Uh, yeah. I think Jay said that perfectly. Like you, you don't want to sell him now. It's not like you're going to get a good return on your investment right now. If anything, buy him low, hold him till his window hits again. I mean, last offseason, the guy was going for so Probably much. like two firsts. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember I traded him for Deontay. I traded Brandon Ayuk to Kev K for Deontay Johnson and Noah Fant, I believe it was. Yes, yes, I remember that. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I need another backup tight end. Deontay, you know, he could do well. I really didn't want to give up Brandon Ayuk. Now, I mean, Brandon Ayuk's worth <laughs> half of Deontay Johnson. Spit on him. But I don't know. Jay said it perfectly. I don't need to harp on it. Yeah. Uh, Beyond that, I think Trey Lance. I don't know. For me, I look at I look at the Niners and I say they have the Rams number. I know it's hard to beat a team three times, but 
I feel like they have the quote unquote easiest path to the Super Bowl out of the four teams right now. And if Jimmy G wins, I think just like the the optics of winning the Super Bowl and then cutting your quarterback, I, I think the optics of that are terrible. And I feel like he would come back for another year. I don't think it hinders Trey Lance that much if you're a long term holder, but if you're looking to start him, you know, week one next year, that's your your you know do- Doctor Strange one in uh, the ten hundred million uh, realities that the Niners win the Super Bowl and uh, Trey Lance becomes irrelevant because Jimmy G goes on forever, but right. I-, I doubt that ever comes into fruition. So that- that's a uh, Doctor Strange is one scenario, uh, mm-hmm. and then Brandon Ayuk. I'm not going to harp on uh, any more than the rest of the guys here. They, they did a really good job on explaining his value. Uh, with that being said, we're going to get into the last game. I feel like there's not a lot of players to talk about here. I'm going to do two. I'm going to do, sorry, two from the bills and one from the chiefs. We'll do the two from the bills first for the losing team. Number one, the one everybody's talking about Gabriel Davis, Max, talk to me. Sell, sell, I sell him right now. There is so many stats on Twitter, which I'm sure Jace or Nick, you could pull up here. The um, his target percentage and the stuff that he did in like the 31 games that he's been in the NFL compared to this, it's just it's outlandish. Yes, he had an amazing game. Will he be able to duplicate four touchdowns every game or 200 yards? No. Like everyone thinks he's going to be the next Stephon Diggs and that Emmanuel Sanders and Beasley will leave. I I really I don't care. It's I can't I can't count. There's still Diggs there. Their Singletary looked really good. I know we're going to talk on him here soon. Sell Gabriel Davis. You have owners that are probably willing to overpay right now. Sell the window. Yeah, I mean, I'm selling 100% just because the market is there. Like, you're going to – whatever you flip him for right now is most likely going to be a profit now and long-term. But, like, I'm not by any means going to buy him right now at this point either, but I still really like him as a prospect. Like, I've been, you know – there's a they're selling and then there's like hatred for a player. And I've been seeing just like just so much shade being thrown around with him. And like, I don't know, he, he's been in the league for two years, going to be going into his third season. I, I am in the camp that says, you know, he played behind Emmanuel Sanders all year and he's finally going to be gone. And Beasley's going to be another year older. And I, I don't know, like I feel like Josh Allen, like this game, I don't think it means nothing. I think Josh Allen's going to remember that. And I think the coaching staff's going to remember that, too. And. I think if he has the upside to be the true wide receiver too in Buffalo, that's absolutely electric. And that's something I want on my team, but by no means am I going out there and spending capital on that. Um, I learned my lesson last off season by spending a two Oh four pick on Nicole Hardman, hoping he would be the wide receiver too in Kansas city. Um, But I don't know. He's a deep ball guy. And I think I said it in a text, you know, sell him as a wide receiver too but I would buy him as a decent flex for the right price. Like um, you're not going to get anything close to that right now. You might want to wait until next season. You know, maybe he has a couple down games here and there, but I think he'll be a super high upside uh, flex moving forward. Okay. Yes or no. Top 24 wide receiver next year. No. No. Okay. That's all we had to hear. Uh, Yeah. I'm with these guys. Sell the window. Maybe if you're like a Buffalo Bills fan or if you're Gabriel Davis truth or just hold, but just know you're passing on a lifetime high for this guy. And mm-hmm. a lot of the time, once these guys hit that lifetime high, it's, it's hard to find that value again. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so Max, I did find that uh, stat on Gabe Davis. So he's played 32 games in the NFL with a 10.9% target share. Yeah, not good enough, sadly. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on, we have Devin Singletary. I honestly have no idea what to think. I would just shy away just because it's Buffalo, and I don't feel like they're going to run the ball. They're probably going to get a new offensive coordinator next year, so that's probably his only upside that they find a coordinator that wants to run the ball. Yeah, I've seen this trick before with Devin Singletary. He looks really good right now. He's looked good in bursts in the past. At one point, I don't know if it was a season ago, two seasons ago, whatever, he was looking like the 1A running back, and everyone was buying Devin Singletary, and then all of a sudden – Zach Moss looked like he had the running back one role locked down. And he was, people were like, oh, he's he the true workhorse of the Buffalo Bills. I don't think any of them are. I think it's just working right now. It's kind of reminded me of like Damian Williams down the stretch for, uh, for the Chiefs a handful of years ago. I think he's just caught flames at the right time when their team caught flames. And I, I think there's probably a really good window to sell him off right now for an upgrade at running back, someone with a little more guaranteed future. Um, because like, like Gabe Davis, people are always going to be enamored with the fact that they're on the Buffalo bills, a team that can routinely put up 30 points a game. Um, but I don't know. I've seen the shuffle yeah. with them before and they cannot trick me on this one. Quick, quick. Would you do Gabe day? Uh, would you do Devin Singletary in a first for Jacobs? Ooh, what year? Uh, <laughs> This upcoming year, like number eight overall, seven or eight overall. So you have, you have, yeah, I'd rather. No, I'm saying, I'm saying you have Singletary and the pick to go get Jacobs. I'd trade it for Jacobs. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's probably a deal you wouldn't even have to make, honestly, with Singletary playing. You could probably end up like working seconds in behind Singletary with how, I mean, not, not to Kevin Kukla by any means. Shout out to Kev K, but top eight. Yeah, but other people that look at his game log and they just there's no ceiling games after this season, a lot of 12, 11 point games. Yeah. I mean, you might even shoot the right guy. You might even get that to go straight up. So, ooh. Hey, man, you never if know. You got a Bills get fan. A if you got a hey. Bills fan. All right. Uh, I'm lock arm with you guys here. Singletary is a definite sell high. They don't use the running back enough. And you know what? They got a six foot five stallion of a running back uh, that also throws the ball 80 yards. So, why get an extra one? I mean, uh, would Josh Allen be a top 10 running back if he just played the position, you know? I mean, uh, pure downhill like, runner. No, his legs are too tiny. <laughs> I mean, God, when he runs, it's dangerous for opposing defenders. Oh, yeah. He is a big boy. He's very big, but he like all those running quarterbacks always get really badly banged up mm-hmm. at some point during the year. So mm-hmm. That is fair. Uh, let's take a look at the other side of the ball. Just one player that I wanted to bring up. We've talked about Clyde again, another player ad nauseum. We're not going to get into him today. I wanted to talk about Miko Hardman moving forward. He had a decent game. I, I wouldn't say incredible, but he had a NFL professional wide receiver two game. Tyree kill and has been insanely healthy. Travis Kelsey has been insanely healthy over their careers in Kansas city. You know, you never predict injuries or expect guys to get hurt, but the odds always say that it will happen at one point or another. Are you willing to buy in cheap just to potentially get like a Tyreek Hill injury next year or a Travis Kelsey injury and get some siphon targets 
Is she willing to do? I know this <laughs> trick more than I know the Devin Singletary trick. <laughs> Hell no. Do not go by Nicole Harmon. No. I mean, I don't know. If you could flip a third rounder for him, sure, just because a he's third. Dude, no way is he worth a second at this I'm point. I'm not paying like, a second, Peter. I would pay I a third, like, like, right now. I mean, he might be on waivers in some leagues, dude. Like, for a while, I mean. There I mean, is no times... way he's on waivers. Peter, he's not very good. Like, I'd I understand have, that. I'd rather have J.D. McKissick over him. There Whoa. there was – yeah, honestly, I shoot, I don't know how J.D.'s doing since he'd been injured or whatever, but I probably would too, man. Miko Hardman. Okay. Is on my list. Hardman or Pringle? Yo, I was probably going to bring him up. Like, I don't know what his contract situation looks like, but I would probably rather have Byron Pringle if he's going to stick around. And, like, maybe that's a little bit of recency bias because he's been shown up as of late. But I, I don't know. Mecole is not worth anything more than, like, a third-round flyer at this point. He's super This is your wrong. PSA. PSA to everyone out there. Mecole, fade Mecole Hardman. And then he'll be guaranteed to be the number one wide receiver next year. We can't keep banking on the narrative. Oh, Hill and Kelsey have been too healthy. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Really? It's not, they're not. Nicole Hardman, I get he's fast. That's the only comparison that he has to Tyree Kill. That's it. Yeah. Nixie also points out Byron Pringle is an unrestricted free agent this year. So, I mean, I will still take the tie to Patrick Mahomes given that scenario. So, give me Nicole over the over Byron earlier, but yeah, I don't know. Like he was really raw coming out, but like, he's just never shown like other than this last game where he caught an edge and like, we saw the speed kick in uh, like he hasn't shown anything else for, I mean, for a while there, like he was just like actively losing snaps to Pringle and to Marcus Robinson. And I mean, they signed Josh Gordon. <laughs> like, I, I don't uh, know. Okay. Last thing we'll do on Hardman. Cause everybody knows how you feel. Hardman or Joshua Palmer? Oh, Palmer for sure. Palmer for sure. Austin Eckler really likes him. Like he's, you know, Austin Eckler is a fantasy guru now. And uh, he really, like at the beginning of this season, he did an interview with the fantasy footballer. Shout out to them as always. Um, And he was pining for Joshua Palmer this offseason to make a difference and to draft him with a flyer pick. And, I mean, down the stretch, like, they're probably going to sign Mike Will. It sounds like he's a big part of their future from what they've said. But, I mean, I don't know. I I think he's probably worth more of a flyer um, than Hartman at this point. I agree. All right. That is going to be it for the games. We did want to just go really quickly on Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas with the news. Again, you're, I'll be your cap expert this offseason. The Saints are going to be over the cap. Bigly this offseason. They are not going to be able to re-sign a lot of their defensive studs. From what I hear uh, on the Twitter sphere from blue checkmarked reporters, Saints reporters, as well as ESPN reporters, they may be trending more towards a full rebuild down there in the, uh, the Big Easy, trading a lot of their assets for future capital if they can get first-round picks, second-round picks, third-round picks. Are you willing to take a flyer on Michael Thomas that he can find a quarterback in a trade? Or maybe I doubt anybody would trade for Alvin Kamara at 26 years old, but any of those two, who are you looking to bank for this offseason? Are you looking to fade one? Or are you looking to go out and buy one now before the uh, trade rumors start? 
I don't think like Kamara with his contract, like it's just it's too hard to trade him. Yeah. Um, but I think Michael Thomas, I'd be willing to take a flyer on him. I know Nick C has like a hatred towards him. I mean, he's let's he's hear it. Nick C. Great disdain towards him. Tell him what your team name is. Yeah, this was uh, last season. I had Michael Thomas. I think he was my first first or second round pick. Um, ended up not playing a lot of the year, and my team made the playoff, and he just was on my bench. Didn't help me at all, so my team name was Michael Thomas is a clown. So he will always and forever be a clown. In my- <laughs> and then you had the uh, the picture of Michael Thomas, how his face kind of looks like Squidward's house. <laughs> Hey, Michael Thomas, though, I mean, you people know Nick C took my soul in our redraft championship this past year. I drafted Michael Thomas and I don't know, like the fifth or sixth round, seventh round. It was a lost a pretty good pick on him and uh, ended up having to drop him because he wasn't playing this season. Nick C picked him up before the championship round and Michael Thomas ended up spanking me uh, without scoring any points. So that uh. His nicknames can't guard Mike, and you know what? I guess you can't guard Mike when he's on the on the bench. That is that is very true. Yeah, to kind of sum everything up, Michael Thomas, I think, still has tremendous value. I think if he's going to go end up finding, I mean, um, he presents, I mean, theoretical tremendous upside. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, hypothetical upside. He's Schrodinger's cat. He's I mean, Schrodinger's just, cat. If anybody out there knows it, I, I don't it's know like, that. If you have a, a cat and you put them in like this this box that's made of like titanium and it, there's no way to look in and you drop a nuclear bomb in it, is the cat dead or alive? Dead. The whole thing is it's impossible to prove if the cat is dead. Mm. So simultaneously, mm. it has to be dead, but it is mm. also alive because you can't prove it's uh, dead. And that's Michael Thomas right now. He What? Put a camera inside the box. Well, no, that that ruins Schrodinger's cat. But Schrodinger's cat's all about like it's impossible to know until we see it. Yeah, like, it's impossible to know the result until you open the box. The cat 100%. could still be alive, and yeah. like it could be a miracle. That's but. that's literally a perfect analogy. And uh, I don't know. For me, just go on sleeper, go to history of the players, scroll mm-hmm. over, and then look at those like handful of top five seasons. And you know, like you start to think he's alive. So I don't know. He's old. He's been hurt as hell lately, but I think he's still a really good talent. And I think I don't know. We, we left Odell for dead, and then he came back out and put some relevance. You know, it might not be what it was, but if I mean, if you pay a say like top 20 i don't even know top 24 guy leaning on the border of 24 like i I think he could be that guy for the next couple years depending on where he ends up he i mean he will was a target he will get traded yeah he will get traded with their rebuild coming up to jackson would you rather Um, have him or calvin ridley is that ridley ridley who's younger okay a lot of uncertainty with both. I figured maybe I throw it. Up. Slant boy. Yeah. Slant, yeah. <laughs> Ridley, Ridley is pretty good. Uh, all right. We are going to wrap up the show. We hope that we were able to give you some insight into a lot of these players that have huge, huge, huge question marks looming over their head coming into the offseason. 
every team out there has question marks with free agents, uh, injuries coming into the, the offseason, especially with a lot of these playoff guys. And if they're in the playoffs, they're probably a pretty good fantasy player. Um, so just be alert. And again, something I will stress from now to the end of time, if you have 25 minutes and instead of watching that uh, terrible like British cooking show or Gordon Ramsay or whatever you do in your free time when you're slacking off at work, take a look at the cap. Take a look at the cap for a lot of these teams that can help, you know, lead the breadcrumbs to where some of these teams are going to start moving, who's going to be on the move, who's getting cut, who needs to be traded to make the cap. And it's really important moving forward. So mm-hmm. if you have time, take a quick look. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. Remember, we are doing the Tyreek Hill signed jersey giveaway. Cheetah, cheetah, peace out. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out Tyreek Hill for saying peace out to a guy that was probably like five feet in front of him and still beating him down the sideline. <laughs> um, he's literally a freak. But again, we have the signed Tyreek Hill uh, jersey giveaway. It's 100%. Let me emphasize that again. 100% authentic. And we'll go to a random retweeter and follower of the podcast. The tweet is pinned in our uh, on our Twitter page. It is at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Uh, all of us are pretty active there. So give us a follow, retweet the post, and you have a chance to get a free signed 100% authentic Tyreek Hill jersey. Um, with that being said, shout out to the podcast on Apple pod, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, give us a listen. Uh, and with that, I'll leave everybody with the thought that Antonio Brown is probably going to be back and sign with the Ravens moving forward. Gremlin mode. Here we go. I don't care who wants him. Peter, he's not playing football again. Shout out AB. All right. Peace. Thank you for listening to the dynasty monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.